Good afternoon, Regeneration. Can we all stand? It is wonderful to be in the house of the Lord today. Here in this house, there's a blessing for you awaits. Healing, deliverance, whatever your need is here today, it will be met. I promise you it will be met. God is doing such mighty, wonderful things in this house. Amen. Well, I'm excited to be here. Is anybody else excited to be in here this afternoon? Give the Lord a great big hand clap, letting him know that we are excited. Father, we're excited to be here today. But Lord, we're more excited that you're here to join us today. Father, we ask that you would have your way in this service today. Touch the people. Your will be done today, Father. We ask that you bless the man of God. Bless the singers. Bless Jasmine and her worship team in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Have you come ready to worship him? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I'm ready for Jesus to come back. Somebody say, yeah.
for the power of the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, every stronghold is broken at the name of Jesus. Demons flee at the name of Jesus. Oh, heal.
Let's just take a moment in his presence. Come on, press into the gates. Jesus, nobody like you, Jesus. Nobody like you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
supply every need even before we ask you supply every need thank you lord oh jehovah jireh oh jehovah jireh nothing's too hard for you lord nothing's too hard for you Voices now in the building. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. For from There's such a sweet presence of the Lord in this place, and, and he never fails to settle down. Um, we sang that, let, let incense arise day and night, day and night, let incense arise. And, and I don't know if you know this, but we have over 100 countries that join with us and, and watch this sermon and, and many different time zones. And I just have to imagine that, that, that even when our service ends and, and we're going to sleep, we're laying our heads down, that for somebody somewhere, they're just tuning into our service and the incense begins to arise again and just over and over and over throughout the week. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it never stopped, if for, for seven days a week, every hour, somebody else is tuning in and all over the world, the Lord can just see it's like a bright beacon of light and it's just incense arising. And I have to believe that hell hates what we're doing because as our praise is pouring forth, it's setting captives free and it's tearing down strongholds and footholds of the enemy. And we will never know until we cross over the damage that we do to the enemy with our worship right here in this moment. Amen. 
we'll turn our hearts to giving this morning and we'll say our offering declaration together. Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me, and God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me and and overtaking me because God loves to see me prosper. I am believing him for advancements, God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedom and breakthroughs. Amen. Ushers, you may serve the people. Hello, Regeneration Nashville. If I haven't told you I love you today, I want to be the first. Well, I am the first if I haven't, have I? Man, I, I, you know what? I'm just going to have to obey God. I'm just gonna, I came up here to give you some announcements and to tell you that I love you. But I'm just going to have to tell you what the Spirit of the Lord says. Come on, pray with me, church. Oh, my little children, says the Lord. I have heard your praises. The Lord says, I have heard your travail and your groaning. And the Lord says, my children around the world have given birth in the Spirit, saith the Lord. And there is a newness of the Spirit that has been opened up to my people globally, says the Lord. It's a new place in the Spirit where you've not known and where you've not gone, saith the Lord. And even as the children children of Israel marched through the Red Sea and they came over on the other side. Surely I have parted the waters in the spirit and you have crossed over into the other side and the enemy has never touched this place where you are in the spirit. Your sorrow and your pain has never been there nor shall it, saith the Lord. I have longed for you to come into this newness of my presence. I have longed for you to see my glory saith the Lord and I reveal myself now to you in a more glorious way in a more personal way saith the Lord because I am your father and I love you and I have waited for this day saith the Lord to open up my presence to my people saith the Lord and I have heard your groaning and your travail and I tell you this day it is open unto you says the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Come on, stand on your feet. Let's worship. God's doing something in the Holy Ghost Church. Signs and wonders and miracles, saith the Lord. Hallelujah to God. Praise God. Amen.
Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. Well, the Lord has really created an atmosphere today. Uh, God is going to speak to us. Monday, the Lord began to talk to me on this message. This is a very solemn word today. Um, I have nobody in mind. I love this church. I'm very proud of you. Sometimes God will come to us in a solemn way to remind us of eternity. Hallelujah. You do not want to go to hell. We don't hear much preached about hell. I'm not going to preach on hell today, but I can tell you this, that we are all going somewhere. And you're not going as a nation. You're not going as an ethnic group. You're not going as part of a denomination. You're not going because of your genealogy. You're not going as husband and wife, and you're not going as a family. You're going by yourself to stand before the Almighty God, and you will have to look Him in the face, and then God will make you to declare how you have lived on the earth. And so it is imperative that we get a hold of the Lord. I pray that God will change you today. Those whom the Lord wounds, he binds up. I want to take our text today. I was, uh, I felt like I'm going to change. I have another verse that I wanted to read as our original text, but I think that we need to start in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul is writing to Timothy, and he said, this know also. So Timothy, he's saying, you need to know this. You also must remember that when Paul was writing these epistles, he thought that Jesus Christ was coming back in his lifetime. He did not realize that he was writing to another time that would be 2,000 years later. It's very interesting that when you write, write, you read some of the, the writers, you read of Spurgeon and you read of different ones or 100 years ago or Wesley, uh, they will describe their time and they will talk about never had there been more sin in the earth and never has man been more corrupt and all of those things. But Paul, not realizing, is prophetically addressing the day that you and I are in right now. He said, this know also that in the last days, perilous times, that literally means Dangerous times shall come. For men 
shall be lovers of their own selves. Forget about homosexuality. Homosexuality is not the paramount issue in the nations or in the, even in the church. It's self-love. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. They will be covetous. They will be bolsters. They will be proud. They will be blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Entitled. Unholy. Perverted. Without shame, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors. Heady, high-minded. Then he said, but I'm leaving the last one as the final one. He said, men will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. For this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women. And the church is the bride of Christ. Leading captive silly women laden or burdened with sins. Led away with many lusts. Holy Ghost, you have created an atmosphere for the word of the Lord to be released around the world today. <laughs> Let me preach this with compassion and yet unction. May I not wound thy people, but Lord, may we leave today changed, more prepared for eternity. In the name of the Lord, we pray. Amen. God bless you. You could be seated. I also want to read out of the book of Mark, chapter 12 or 13, or chapter 12. Verse 28, and one of the scribes, this is an individual who knows the word of God, who pins it, copies it, transcribes it, would be a Bible scholar in our day. Having heard them reasoning together and perceived that Jesus had answered them well concerning a previous question. Then looks at Jesus and he asks him, 
which is the first commandment of all. And Jesus answered him and said, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel. The Lord addresses our day and he said, they will be a people that having ears cannot hear. May we hear what God is saying to us today. Every church in Revelations ended with this connotation at the end of the letter. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. If you cannot hear me today, if I'm boring to you today, if it just is silliness to you today, it may be you're not ready when the trumpet sounds because you must be able to hear what the Spirit of God is saying in this hour. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And then he quotes it. Verse 30. You shall love. This is not a choice. This is not a suggestion. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. The word heart means the center of all physical and spiritual life. With all thy soul, that is the breath of life that you can see that makes the body breathe. With all thy mind, the cognitive ability that you have, God said, you have to serve me with that. And he said, with all of thy strength, which means ability and power. So the Lord is saying, the first commandment. Jesus, can you sum up the gospel? Can you tell us that if there was only one thing that you could share with us, what would it be? He would say, I would tell you that the greatest commandment from heaven is you've got to be sold out to God. Body, soul, mind, and spirit. You can't walk the fence. You can't be lukewarm. You can't just serve God when it works or when it feels good. But he said, it doesn't matter what day you get up. How broke you are, how sick you are, what kind of hell you're going through. God said, love me with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. Sell out, get committed to the Lord. The enemy has come out of the shadows in the earth watching a documentary recently a name that we had mentioned to you a while back when we preached on giants uh, I think it's um, 
Noah Harari. And he was addressing a forum. Used to the enemy would hide their agenda. Sin used to be in dark places. Super Bowl was Merle Haggard singing. Now it's so perverted you came and watch it. You go through the Walton Mall at Green Hills and you feel like you're in the middle of a strip club. No shame. The enemy has come out of the shadows. Why would they do that? Because they are confident now that they're going to win. He made the statement, he said, we are coming to a place with mankind that this silly notion that there is a God in the clouds somewhere that controls humanity, we will eradicate because we are now in a place of technological advancement that Eventually, we will be able to create brains, grow bodies, and put life in them. That every human being on the earth, another addressee said, that no humans will own anything, but they will be totally provided for by a greater entity and greater power. That children will no longer be controlled by their parents or raised by their parents, but they will be raised by a system. That there will be no God and there will be no Bible. There will be no right and there will be no wrong. And you think that's conspiracy. No, it's not. It's always been the agenda of hell to wipe out the very knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's why Netflix and all of these other TV channels uh, they fill their movies with Jesus Christ and GD and, and homosexuality when it doesn't need to be there. What is that? That is a desensitizing uh, by the enemy uh, to wear you down. Uh, and that's why sometimes you've got to get up and turn it off. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God uh, with all thy heart, uh, with all thy soul, uh, with all thy strength, uh, with all thy might. Uh, there is no mixture in the house of God. The enemy is not winning because he's stronger. The enemy is winning because the church has become weak. And the Lord said this. He said, in the last days when it's dangerous, dangerous times, he said, it will be because people who used to love me become lovers of pleasure. That means sensual delight. The things that titillate our senses visually. We, we don't even realize how the enemy has integrated itself. Until now, 
haters of good things. My wife has a, a charity to feed the homeless people. A good percentage of those, and it's been for 20 years, are ethnic groups. But there's so much hatred in the body of Christ, you can't hardly get any church unless that charity is not connected with a church to be a part of it. Because there's so much competition in the house of the Lord. I have people say, Brad Kent, somebody went over to another church. I don't care. If that's where God's placing them, they can grow. Listen, if I have 50,000 people in this church, there's still over 2 million people in the greater Nashville area that aren't in it. That means that I don't have any problem if we got 10 mega churches that are Holy Ghost filled. We are not in competition with each other. Serve the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Every church in this city ought to be on board with the bridge because it's a, it's a charity of faith that chose to, by faith, declare we will not take government money if it restricts us preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, but we'll give to United Way, we'll give to Red Cross, we'll give to all other kind of charities, we don't know where the money's going from, and none of them have a Holy Ghost gospel service on a Tuesday night. There should not be any financial problems with the bridge ministry. It ought to be something that the church is behind and sold out to. We should not have to step into another realm of such faith for God to pay off the building that we're building. Those that are listening to me around the world, there are millions of dollars that can be released. What happens to us when the rapture takes place and we're leaving 30, 40, 50 million dollars in our church accounts and in our retirement accounts when the body of Christ needs the consuming power of the Holy Ghost? The just shall live by faith. Serve the Lord with all all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Did you know that there are thousands of people that have sent in names and pictures of prodigals? That Wednesday we came together. It was a glorious time. That we're going to put underneath our platform. You would think, well... You know, it's a generation that doesn't know the Lord. Did you know that most of the prodigals that we're getting were raised in the church? You think, well, how did, how did we lose them? Because the church got drunk on wanting the world to like us. So we got ashamed of talking in tongues. We got ashamed of dancing. 
We got ashamed, hallelujah, of having emotion in the house of the Lord. And so now we have a whole generation that hell has their talons in because those kids sat in dead services and in dead churches for the last 10 years and they don't know what it is to have a divine counter in the Lord. Most of you that are 50 years old and older, you're not living on what you got now. You're living on the very strong foundation of what you were given when you were raised in the house of the Lord. You do not give your children if they're 15 years old the option, honey, do you want to go to church today? You get their butt out of bed and you put them in your car and you bring them to the house of the Lord and you tell them as long as you're in my house, you will walk in the admonition of the Lord. Say, why? Because you never know when the Spirit of God is going to settle down in a service and you look over there and you see your eight-year-old shaking under the power of the Holy Ghost. What does it do when they're 20? They still got a hook in them by the Holy Ghost and they will not backslide. Watch Christian television. Watch our choreographed services that we have with the great leaders. Look at their congregations. Most of them are 50 years and older. You don't see young people in church. You know why? Because church is dead most of the time. Those kids don't feel anything. They sit there and think we're nuts. We got preachers that disguise ambition that they have for building their own kingdoms. So they don't want to be offensive. If you're a pastor, you better address woke. Hallelujah. Because every preacher... Paul said this, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe is me, hallelujah, if I do not preach this message today. What are you doing? I'm yanking you out of the fires of hell. I'm bringing you back to a place where God is saying, don't be lukewarm. Give me your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Scripture says this said there were men who loved the ministry of Jesus Christ. But it said they would not confess him openly because they loved the praise of men more than they loved the praise of God. You know, when we started losing our power, when we liked men's compliments, more than we like God's. Hallelujah. There will never be a lukewarm spirit that rules and reigns in this house. May there be such a spirit of conviction rise up in you by the Holy Ghost. 
How is it that we only have one service a week in most churches in America and most Christians can't be faithful to one service a week? How is it that we can't? Listen, we have a powerful youth leader in this church in Nicholas. He is anointed. He is prophetic. This week we had 11 kids for this size church show up for a youth meeting. Where are your children? Do you know how many times over the 52 years of preaching and pastoring, I've had parents sit in my office and want me to fix in one counseling session what they did, and it took them 16 years, and their children are messed up. You need to put a priority that if there is a Holy Ghost youth meeting, you need to decide, are my children more important than me sitting two hours at home? What happened to our youth? We like the praises of a softball coach more. We wouldn't bring them to the house of the Lord to a youth meeting, but we'll drive to Memphis for a soccer tournament for three days. God's watching. God is watching all of us. And it ain't like... Uh, Bet Miller says he ain't watching from a distance. God is in your house. Hallelujah. He's in your car. Ladies, he watches what you wear when you walk out of the house. Men, he knows the thoughts that you have in your car. He sees what you watch on television in your homes. He knows when you are not in the house of God and you could be. You say, Pastor, you're preaching legalism. No, I'm not. It's no skin off of my nose if you don't make it to heaven. But as your leader and as your pastor and as your father in the Lord, I want you to stand side by side with me in the kingdom of glory. What are we doing? I am snatching your souls out of the fires of hell. And God is saying, give me your heart. Give me your soul. Give me your mind. And give me your strength. Sunday. Got too many gutless pastors that will attack talking in tongues, but they won't attack the gay issue. Won't preach being sold out to God, but they'll preach about how we need to have tolerance for everything that's out there. God demands from you and me 100%. You don't get to divide your love. I think it's in Luke. Jesus said this in Luke 14, 26. If any man will come to me and hate not his father, his mother, his wife, his children, his brethren, his sisters... And even his own life, he cannot 
be my disciple. How many knew that was even in the Bible? That's a rough scripture, ain't it? And yet, Jesus makes this statement. And the second commandment, commandment is like this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And there's none other commandment greater than these. So it's almost an anomaly here. The Lord is saying the second great commandment is you got to love people like you love yourself. And yet in Luke, he's saying, if you're going to be my disciple, you got to hate your mother, your father, your children, your wife, people you go to church with, or you can't be my disciple. So what is the Lord saying here? What he is saying is, when you love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. The love for me would be so magnificent, so great, so intense, that the love that you have for your children and your wife will pale in such comparison that it will almost look like you hate them with how much you love me. And yet the Lord, he knows, hallelujah, that a husband is to love his wife, even as Christ loved the church. So what is God trying to say to us? He was saying that there should be a love for me that transcends to such a place in the Holy Ghost. That it would look like you hate everything else in comparison to how much you love me. How do we think that we are going to experience the glory of the holiest of holies where God lives when we are only in the outer court? God didn't live in the outer court. Death did. When you got into the holiest of holies, there is where you found the glories of God. The prophetic word of t- today was that God was saying, we're coming into that dimension. This is an unusual church, but this message is not just to you that are in this building. There is a... I truly believe that we are going to stop the agenda in the earth. I have no question about that. But it is going to take a church that is sold out and committed to God. You can't miss eight Sundays in three months and tell me you are sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ. We got 
listen, we got people that drive two, three hundred miles on every Sunday to be in this building. And then we got lukewarm men and women that are so in love with themselves, they can't drive 15 miles to the house of the Lord. Well, you know, I live in Spring Hill and I live in Franklin. I, that's a long ways to go. Listen, I would drive halfway across the United States if I knew God was in the middle of the house. You show me where the glory of the Lord is and there is nothing that's going to hold us back from pursuing the presence of the Lord. There is a clarion call from God and is saying, wake up, wake up, wake up. Get the sin out and commit to the Lord God Almighty. Shame on you if you've never fasted three days. I want to hear about I get a headache or I get weak. The Lord knew that when he wrote it. It's denying the flesh. You know, I have people approach me and they say, well, Brother Kent, you just don't know how hard it is for you. I'm thinking, what do you think I'm made of, cardboard? I get just as hungry as you do. It's just as hard for me as it is for you. It's about what do you want. It's amazing how desperate people get when they get in desperate situations. When you get a report that you might have an abnormal blood count or, or there's a lump in your breast or there's a tumor in your stomach, all of a sudden things you used to commit to uh, don't matter so much anymore because you realize uh, I need a divine intervention of the Lord. Uh, may God, uh, hallelujah, raise Regeneration Nation and Nashville up uh, as an entity uh, that shakes the very foundations of hell. Uh, may the the glory of God come out of you in such a way that the enemy bows down to the authority of the Holy Ghost that's in you by the Spirit of our God. We better get used to the world not liking us. I don't need John Cooper, mayor of Nashville, with his liberal policies at a grand opening of our church just because he's the mayor. Hallelujah, I need godly men and women that have paid the price. Give me a missionary out of Nigeria, hallelujah, that knows what it is to raise the dead and walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. Give me somebody that knows how to get between the porch and the altar. Some of you have never been to one Saturday morning, once a month prayer meeting. Where are you? How are you going to tell God on Judgment Day? Out of an entire month, I couldn't give you an hour on one Saturday, even when, and that's not even when you're at work. We're not here for our health. We are here, hallelujah, because of strongholds and religious spirits that rule and reign in this city that are not going to be brought down by changing the government election, but they're going to be changed when my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will destroy the powers of darkness.
You get serious when your kids aren't serving God. When I watched Josh walk into Cracker Barrel on his 21st birthday, skinny, eye makeup on, so effeminate looking with his living partner. And I remember dedicating him to God and to realize what the enemy had done to him. That I knocked the nonsense out of you. Hallelujah. You get a hold of the Lord then. You'll start interceding. And it didn't matter. We heard nobody gets free from homosexuality. All I know is the word says I give you power and authority over all the powers of the darkness. When I laid him to rest, my wife and Carrie, we laid him to rest in a coffin right here. All the devil got was an empty shell. Hallelujah. He didn't get Joshua. Where is it? Josh is on the streets of gold uh, waiting for his boys and his wife to come home. Uh, why? Because we were lovers of God uh, more than lovers of self. Uh, you are, oh, I hear it. God is saying, I'm speaking to you right now. Uh, I am telling you, come up on a higher place. Uh, God is backing into you. Uh, God is saying, make adjustments. Uh, we are not a normal church, uh, but we are a church uh, that has a man data God on us sell out you want to be lukewarm then go somewhere else I may be almost 70 but I can still work and I love this church and I love pastoring but I don't do it because it's something I like I do it because I was born to do this. Hallelujah. I was born to preach this message. Why? Because in the atmosphere, there are demons that are swirling right now over your homes. There are plans by the enemy that you don't see. And he's coming after your children. He's coming after your health. He's coming after your marriages. And what are we doing? Hallelujah. If we are lovers of God. All of these things, we never thought we would see them in our lifetime. Haters, boastful, proud, unthankful, without natural affection, truce breakers. There's so little trust in America. You go buy a car, you have got to sign over 30 pages. How many know that? thinking, oh my God, I'm just buying a car. Well, this is for that, and this is for that, and this is in case you don't do this, and this protects us. And there's, so, there's no trust in this nation anymore. Lawyers everywhere suing for the most ridiculous things. Unthankful, entitled. You know what the number one thing I hear from employers in this day and age? Can't get anybody to get work. See, on the back of almost every semi, now hiring drivers. Here people say, Brooke, just pray for me. I'm struggling. I think, go down to Tyson. They got a big sign there that says starting $21 an hour. 
They're out panhandling outside of Target, and Target's hiring for 15 bucks an hour. What is the spirit of the age? But can I tell you, the spirit of the age should not be in the house of the Lord. You are different. Having a prayer life is your responsibility. Walking by faith is your responsibility. There are things that my wife and I enjoy now. But we declared it for over 20 years before we ever saw it. And people say, well, you're, you're so lucky, Brad Kent. Luck had nothing to do with it. I have people say, you're so lucky your kids serve the Lord. Luck had nothing to do with it. Listen, if your boy has athletic skills and you always put tournaments and games over church and he never hears you pray at home, don't think that he's going to serve God because he's not. He's probably going to get a girl pregnant by the time he's 20 or smoke pot or just be a really good citizen that raises his own children, but they don't go to church and have no concept about the Lord. Do you know how many couples I know that have children that are 25 and 30 years old that their parents were raised in Pentecost? They were baptized with the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues. But the parents were ashamed of their heritage. So they didn't want to be part of that. They didn't want that smell on them. But Paul said, we are diffusing the fragrance of Jesus. That means you and I are perfume bottles. Hallelujah. When we get in the atmosphere, God pushes that little button and out comes the fragrance of Jesus. And somebody say, what is it about you? Would you cannot talk to you for a minute. They don't even know why they're unburdening their soul on the job. And you tell them, listen, I've got an answer for you and his name is Jesus. Would you like to give your heart to the Lord? And right in the middle of the break room, you bring somebody to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ our prodigals believe in same-sex marriage they believe in black lives matters all lives matter they believe in transgender they don't go to church but the parents did. How did that happen? Because the parents became lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Now, please hear me. I'm not telling you that every prodigal is a prodigal because the parents didn't raise them in church, because many of you did. But there is an assignment of hell against our seed 
And God, you know what? It's easy to not believe in God when you don't keep his commandments. I'm amazed at how many people have these life philosophies of what's right and what's wrong, but they don't have anything to back it up with. You know, for you and I as believers, I preach this way because I believe this book. I believe that there is a heaven and there is a hell. I don't believe any lukewarm person is going to heaven. I don't believe you can go to heaven without a prayer life. Sorry. I hope you do. But I, will, I refuse to gamble with my soul and your soul by giving you this watered-down philosophy that's been on, on Christian television for a long time because all of the ministers are after most of them is to sell their latest book that actually doesn't say anything. And for you to sow into their ministry and it doesn't promote anything. We don't go after your money in this house. We just had the Elijah conference. Went in the hole substantially. But we never took one offering. Why? Because we know this. God always comes through. And we are not going to rape men and women that are hungry to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So now we, we've created this environment to where believers think that, well, serving the Lord should be fun. It ain't always. It's full of joy. You cannot determine God's love for you by how little he makes you suffer. Or how much he makes you suffer. God's love is not based on suffering. It's based on the fact that you have been created in his image. I was thinking on the way to church today. I'm so glad that none of you knew me when I first started preaching. You wouldn't have liked me because I don't like me back then. And I thought over the years of all the suffering as many of you have had that, that I went through in my life and the losses and the disappointments. And I thought, God, why? And the Lord said, because you were raw. And it took fire to refine you, to make you who you are. I hope you know that I love you. But if I don't tell you the truth, I can't love you. He said, and pastor, what are you saying? I'm just quoting a scripture. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living Sacrifice. I look at what God's given me and I'm thankful for it. <clears throat> but if he took it away today, it's all right. 
because I learned how to be happy in an apartment long before I owned a home. I learned how to preach anointed when I'd have to crawl under a 67 Mustang that was so old and broke down, I'd have to wire the transmission to get it to shift. I had faith when I had a stack of bills like that and I couldn't pay them, but I still tied. And so I've learned, hallelujah, that my walk with God is not based on my temporal setting. <laughs> God is doing something right now in the atmosphere. There's an adjustment going on by the Spirit of the Lord. If your life doesn't have sacrifice in it, then you are not close to God like you should be. Paul said, I die daily. Hallelujah. That sacrifice. Jesus said, I'm not asking you to die. I did it for you. Be a living sacrifice. Is it too much to get up in the morning or at night just to give 30 minutes to the Lord? Is it too much to ask to open the book and to read it for a chapter or two for 15 minutes? Is it too much that we can surf our iPhones for three and four hours a day, but we can't give God 15 quality minutes watching stuff that doesn't even need Need to be known. See, part of it is you only you, you ever notice that, especially with the computers. You know, you you download so much stuff, and then after a while, I'll say files are full. You ain't put nothing else in here until you start deleting stuff. You only have so much capacity as a human being. To take in a download of information. And if you're downloading stuff that's not even relevant to your life. I don't need to know what somebody in China is doing on a raft in the middle of a river. I don't need to see a zebra give birth. I don't need to see a poodle jumping through hoops in New Zealand. But we become addicted to sensual delight because we just sit and we are entertained. What you don't realize is that when you are being entertained, you are allowing things to come into you. And then you wake up one morning, you go, why am I depressed? Why am I discouraged? Why is the enemy loose in my house? Because you forgot that you got to serve God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. That is the great commandment. And so in this hour... God has already prophetically declared that there is going to be a glorious church. The Lord is not worried about is heaven going to be filled. It will be. He's not worried about is, is the church going to triumph in these last days and the rapture going to take up a glorious group. Absolutely. Now it's just about who is going to be in it. You don't want to miss the rapture. 
You know, we, we, for years, I remember one preacher, he spent his entire life trying to figure out what the mark of the beast was. And, you know, all this kind of stuff is becoming very apparent that as some kind of computer mark that you're going, listen, if you exist and survive in the culture that the enemy is trying to infiltrate and put in the earth. It will require your complete allegiance in worship, everything. The Bible said if you don't take the mark, they won't let you by yourself. But they didn't, they don't realize the just don't live by sight. We live by faith. God can do anything. He could create stuff. I remember my wife's grandfather was, uh, him and another man were preaching revival. And, you know, years ago, ministry was totally different than it is now. When I first started preaching over 50 years ago, evangelizing, you just got in your car with your suits and some, you know, a few little belongings. You didn't own a home. And you just drove from one city to another, and you stayed in the pastor's house, or you stayed in one of the saints' house, and you, or else many, many times, me and my wife, we we got to the church, and they'd say, "Well, hold on," they'd go get a mattress and throw it on the floor of a Sunday school room, and say, "You need to make sure you you clean up before eight o'clock, because that's when people start coming into church." Many, many weeks, I preached eight times a week. And got $75. That's just the way it was back then. There wasn't a lot of premium on ministry. Her grandfather, they're preaching a meeting, and they're hungry. They hadn't been fed. It had been over a day, if I remember right. And they were they just sitting there, and one of them said, Lord, I'd sure like to have a steak. And about the time he got that out of his mouth, they saw a dog coming down the road with a sack in his mouth. And as he walked by him, he dropped the sack. And when they opened up the sack, there were two fresh steaks uncooked in there. See, those kind of things happen in foreign countries all the time. They don't happen in the United States because we've created a lifestyle that we don't need God. That we're already secure. We're not worried about the future. Maya mama ma sande. Hallelujah. I feel a pulling of the Spirit of the Lord. God is saying, come up higher. Come up higher. Come up higher. I'm not telling you to sell everything you got. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is whatever the Spirit of God is speaking to you right now, you need to say yes to Hallelujah. Adjustments. Listen, I'm under conviction myself with this message. I see in the spirit angels standing throughout this congregation. And the Lord said they're holding up garments of new gifts, new anointings, new powers in the spirit of the Lord. And God said, I am releasing new giftings and new talents, new anointings 
means to men and women who will say yes to the hand of the Lord. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Be not a lover of self. I want to be a Christian, Pastor Kent, as long as it doesn't cost me anything. I want to serve the Lord as long as everybody likes me. But we forget Jesus said, you will be hated of all men for my name's sake. Get some thick skin. Stand on the word of the Lord and declare, if God be for me, nobody can be against me. And we will always triumph through Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus said this because people say, Well, I love the Lord, you know, but we're living together. Let me address that real quickly. Not necessarily living together. But this, well, I love the Lord, but I do this. If I read this right, then you don't love the Lord. Because he said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. See, we don't hear this anymore and say, well, you know, we got away from all that holiness and legalism. Well, we did get away from legalism, but you don't get away from holiness. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. What is holiness? It has nothing to do with the length of a dress or makeup or television. It has to do with possessing the nature of God. And God said this, be ye holy, for I am holy. It's just that we are now living in an environment in this nation where there is so much perversion, so much sin, so much sexual deviance, so much temptation that you can't just expect to come to this church on Sunday and be powerful. You're going to have to get up in the morning and be full of the Holy Ghost. So don't say, I love God, but I don't pray. I love the Lord, but I like to live my girlfriend. I love God, but I don't believe in tithing. I love the Lord, but I like to get drunk on the weekends. I love God, but I smoke a joint every once in a while. Listen, either you're in or you're out. Now, God understands a new convert. That's a different thing. But when you've been in the kingdom of God for years, God is saying, put a value on what you have and guard it with your life. Why would God talk to us like this? Because number one, he loves us. But we are not going to defeat this antichrist agenda that's in our nation with natural weapons. And it's become very apparent that the state that the church is in in this nation has not had the ability to stop the powers of darkness. I can't wait for us to get in our own building. Because we might just say, okay, folks, Monday through Wednesday, 
we're going to have intercessory prayer and we're just going to call in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't, I don't know what God's up to, but I can tell you this. God has assembled an army. This is a special church. Hallelujah. This is a group of men and women that God has gathered from all over the nation. This is an army of believers. But God is saying this. Don't be intimidated by the enemy. Hallelujah. Don't listen to what the enemy is saying. Hallelujah. Instead of listening to CNN, go back and listen to some old messages by T.D. Jakes or David Wilkerson. Hallelujah. Go back to a website called Pentecostal Gold and listen to some of their old messages. Watch Kenneth Hagin. Hallelujah. Watch A.A. Allen. Listen to some old Holy Ghost Pentecostal music. Why? Because when you begin to open yourself up to the anointing, God begins to make a deposit in you. And the Spirit of the Lord will wake you up in the middle of the night and say, your child is doing this. Your daughter's involved in that. And he will give you clear direction and you begin to bind spirits in the name of the Lord. Last Sunday, we had a difficulty. It seemed like it was tight. So this week, my wife and I went to prayer, and we began. I did it today. I said, I bind every assignment that would come into this building in the name of the Lord. We declare that every word of judgment that has been sent against the message is condemned in the name of Jesus. We declare that every weapon that's been formed against the worship, is broken in the name of the Lord. Oh, I loose you in the name of Jesus. May there come out of your belly a river of living water that declares my God is able to do all things. Stand with me. If God has called us to be kings and priests, priests rule in heaven, kings rule in the earth. It's time for the church to take dominion over the United States of America. It is time. Hallelujah. For kings to rise up in the Holy Ghost. In the Old Testament, kings weren't voted in. The world didn't start this church. Jesus Christ did. Upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'm telling you that the enemy has not seen the Davidic anointing that God is getting ready to loose in the Holy Ghost and is already beginning to permeate the atmosphere. God has kept some of you alive for such a time as this. The anointing of God on that section. The anointing of God on you. The anointing of God on you. On the balconies. On this side. In the name of the Lord. May the glory of God the very power of the Lord begin to baptize you in the spirit of the Lord. May dreams and visions come to you. May God elevate you to a rare place where there is a rare visitation of the presence of God.
All right, I'm not asking for prayer partners today. I'm just simply telling you if God is calling your name, run, hallelujah, and let's say yes to the Spirit of the Lord today. Let's reverse. Reverse. Listen, my invitation is not about do you have sin in your life? I, 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 this invitation is to the church. We can move these barriers up a little bit if we need to. How many hear God speaking to you? I feel something in the Holy Ghost. Feeling something in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I, I normally would never share this, but I want to share it because I think it's also something that's going to happen to you. I was at prayer a couple weeks ago, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, he said, I'm getting ready to elevate you to another place because in that place there are rare gifts that there are in other places, and I'm going to give you rare gifts. If God does that to me, that means that anointing that's on the head keeps flowing down into the body of Christ. I declare today over you that there is an elevation. Hallelujah. Rare gifts. You're coming out of the outer court. You're not stopping in the holy place. But you've stepped over into the holiest of holies. And what you're seeing is the glory of God that is lit it up. In the last days, dangerous times. Dangerous times. God pleased with everything I'm doing in my life. If the Lord sounded the trumpet next Friday, would he be pleased with where you're at? The gift that he's put in you, are you using it for you? Are you using it for the kingdom? What God has given you a dominion over in the earth, is it used for the kingdom? Or is it used for self-promotion? Lovers of self. That's the problem. I love God, but I love me. That's why the Lord said, denying self. Take up your cross. Follow me. I'm sure it'll be some time before God gives me another message like this. But take heed to this one. My God, I feel such a mandate of the Lord. <clears throat> I see in the Spirit some of you standing on a fence and you're tottering 
and you're getting ready to come off that fence, some of you are going to fall the wrong way. Ask the Holy Ghost, get a hold of me and pull me the right way. released through this church a anointing that will break this woke spirit that's in the city of Nashville I'm asking you Lord that what you released in Los Angeles at Azusa Street that God you have begin to release in this house in the name of the Lord I'm asking you God that there would be smoke that would begin to fill the sanctuary. And that God, the glory of the Lord would be so powerful that the entire congregation falls out under the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Lord, we're declaring that we're going to have the greatest youth group full of the Holy Ghost that we've ever seen in the name of the Lord. God, we declare that, that demons will detour because they're terrified of this house and of this ministry in the name of the Lord. God, we declare that as the pool of Bethesda was stirred by an angel and divine healing was in that water, that there is a divine stirring of the Holy Ghost in this sanctuary right now. And God, that men and women are healed, healed, healed in the name of Jesus. Now I break every condemnation spirit that would try to settle on you, but I lose conviction in the Holy Ghost. God, that conviction will pull us to the cross in the name of the Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. Now God, begin to accept our praise. Now, I want you to begin to loose your praise. Hallelujah. Loose your prayer language. That's it. You're stepping over into another dimension by the power of God. Things are being broke. Press in. Press in. Tell God, God, you're going to have to help me make some changes. The Lord said, the Holy Ghost, the helper, I'm going to send him to you. And he's going to rise up in you. There is a release of the Spirit of God. Can you feel it? You're being anointed right now. You're being baptized right now. You're being immersed right now by the Spirit of God. Jesus. 
feel the love and the mercy of Jesus Christ in this room today. Do you? Oh, Jesus loves you so much that he stretched out his arms and he died for you and for me. I want every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment. If you would just give me a moment of your undivided attention, I want to ask you the most important question that you will ever be asked in your entire life. And that is this, are you ready to meet Jesus? Are you ready to stand before God? If you can't 100% say, yes, I know that I know, I have good news for you. Today is the day. Jesus Christ brought you here for a reason, because he loves you and he is reaching for you. I want to just give somebody an opportunity to receive Jesus today. You say, Pastor Candy, that's me. I'm ready to surrender my life to the Lord. Just slip your hand up and slip it back down. And let me see you right here. Yes, I see. Anybody else? Yes, I see. I see your hand. Anybody else? Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Even online, if you're watching right now, it's time to receive Jesus as your personal Savior. Anybody else, just as we wait one moment, I'm not going to make you come up front. I'm not going to shine a spotlight on you. I just want to know that you're here. I want to pray for you right where you are. Jesus loves you. Anybody else, just slip up your hand and slip it back down and say, yes, that's me. I'm ready to receive. Yes, I see your hand. I see anybody else. Anybody else, just, just while we wait for a moment. Man, I just feel the pull of the Holy Spirit. Yes, ma'am, I see right to the right. I see, yes, right up front. I see anybody else, anybody else. Man, Jesus Christ is calling for some folks today. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. Anybody else, anybody else. We're about to close this part of the service. Anybody else while there's still time? Yes, ma'am, I see in the back. Anybody else? Anybody else? God is so good. He's so good. He's reaching. Why don't we pray together as a church family from front to back and side to side? Everybody, whether you're a saint or a sinner, I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. Even if you're sitting in front of a, of a television right now and you're watching in front of a computer, I want you to say this with us out loud with your church family, everybody. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I confess that I am a sinner, but I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on a cross and he rose from the dead so that I could have eternal life. So Lord, would you come into my heart? Would you wash me of all of my sin in the precious blood of Jesus? Make me a new creation in Christ. I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. Why don't you give Jesus Christ the greatest hand clap of the day? Come on, somebody. Some folks got saved today. Some folks got saved today. Yeah, some children.